Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at thtdui.com. The George Brassy Podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. Well-known urban translator and political consultant. There you go. Welcome, Wallace. Hey, hey, George. How you doing, sir? Good. It's great to have you this morning. Wallace, um, tell the audience about who you were prior to becoming uh, such a well-known urban translator and political consultant before we get into your your job in that role. Well, uh, I'm a former uh, gang member, was an uh, enforcer for Larry Hoover in terms of enforcing gang peace. Uh, ex-felon in the Stateville Correctional Institution. I also received a pardon from former Governor uh, Jim Thompson. I am now an author along with uh, co-author Miss. Dr. Sophia Hoskins on my autobiography called From Murder to Excellence, Growth and Development for the Millennial Generation. Wallace, how did you come to get involved with Larry Hoover and the Gangster Disciples? How how were you introduced? Well, uh, it's in the early 70s. Uh, grew up in the streets of Chicago. From the low end on 46th and Calumet, all the way out to the Wild Hunnets. Larry Hoover was the leader of the gangsters, and we were an offshoot of gangsters in Chicago. On the south side, there was uh, three main gangs that was pretty much known. That was the Blackstone Rangers, the uh, Black Disciples, and the Gangsters. And David Boxdale and Larry Hoover uh, hooked up together and formed the Black Gangster Disciples. So that's how that happened, that I became a member of Black Gangster Disciples. 
then they the groups broke off to black disciples and gangster disciples. And well, what is what is the gang culture like when you're you're coming up in it um, at that point? Well, you know, it was like uh, it started off as social organizations, community organizations. You know what I mean? Uh, some of them start off as softball teams and whatever community you were affiliated with, whether you were in the street organization or not, you just took on that persona. What I mean by that is hypothetically, say from 46 and Calumet to 50th and Calumet, it was the gangsters disciple or the black gangster disciple community. Now, whether you were a part of the street organization or not, because that community was known to have that street organization in it, people in other communities, just the last that you were a member and just made you a member. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, back then, we had rivalry. Uh, we fought then more so than what we see today where individuals just coming through communities and spraying communities. Uh, there was a code on the street, or there is a code on the street to this day, where if an individual had a beef with another individual, if they ran into one another on the street and that individual was around innocent bystanders or was with his children or his family, each one of them would give the other a pass so that innocent bystanders, especially women, children, and the elderly wouldn't get hurt. Today, you see where all the children that's being shot is innocent bystanders, elderly women, you know, and elderly men are being shot because the individual has a beef with another individual. And I believe, in my opinion, that that's because the media has put out there that that code no longer exists when that code do exist. Case in point, when a firefighter got killed, you saw where the whole communities came together. Individuals, they were former gang members, gang members, fraternities, sororities, police, the firemen, elected officials, business leaders, religious leaders, all came together and said that those individuals had to be apprehended and no one should cover them or hide them. And they end up catching all four of the individuals who were responsible for that fireman being killed. Uh, and Cabrini Green, when a uh, young child got killed, the 
community came together again. And that individual who was responsible had nowhere to go. He was apprehended. Um, me, Andrew Holmes, had received uh, uh, proclamations from the city of Chicago for helping the person that I killed, a school teacher on 79th, and helping the community to come together with law enforcement and business leaders and religious leaders to help that individual to get apprehended because there was nowhere for him to go to the point where he would go somewhere and then law enforcement would go and get him because they knew there were no weapons there. So what Larry Hoover did with happened to formulate 21st century vote and united in peace was made it where individuals was able to go from a negative to a positive. Well, one of the main books that influenced me, along with The Boss that was written by Mike Royko, was this book from Gangster Disciple to Growth and Development that was written by uh, a young brother named Rod Emery. It was from Gangster Disciple to Growth and Development, the Blueprint. And the prefix was written by Dr. Nehemiah Russell. Wallace, can you speak a little bit um, about that transition from Gangster Disciple to Growth and Development and what that means today in 2021? Well, what that means today is that everybody grows and develops to something better from their failures, you know what I mean? From a negative to a positive, you can't help but grow. It's a transformation from going from a negative to a positive. One of the things that we felt was that if you were able to make young adults become civically minded, like we're seeing now with this Black Lives Matter movement, and how it has grown and developed to the point that it's helping to write policy or get policy written to get to eradicate systemic racism, as well as finding a way to make police officers more accountable for their actions. That's growing and developing. You take a negative and you make it a positive. Wallace, when did when did your interest in civic engagement begin? My civic engagement began and really in nineteen seventy seven, but how, how I got really how, involved in it in nineteen eighty three when Harold Washington was elected uh mayor of the city of Chicago. So in seven, in that time, Wallace, in 1977, you're how old? And in 1983, you're how old? Uh, well, right now, I'm 69. Okay. You can do the math. <laughs> yeah. So, but at, at that time, when you became civically engaged, are you done with your your sentence? Are you in? Yeah, I was out. 
you're out. done. I was yeah, I got out. I was out, out the penitentiary. I've been out the penitentiary for over forty years. I've had my pardon for over twenty five years. Do you, you know? that that experience of being in the system did that lead you to want to be more civically engaged when you got out of uh, the penitentiary? Yeah, and no, and no question. I mean. You learn from your failures. You learn from your mistakes. Okay. I learned. I had a, I had a burglary. And I, had, I got probation. Two years probation. Okay. But at the time, I didn't know that the burglary, the penalty for that burglary was 5 to 15. Okay. And later on, I was at a, uh, uh, we call it like an after hours joint. And this guy got caught cheating. There's a lot of guns and drugs was in there. And the police came in the place because a person was walking past and saw me arguing with the guy. Okay. So I get arrested. And when I went to court, the judge told me, he said, uh, Mr. Bradley, there's no victim and there's no witnesses to the crime of armed robbery that they was that you're being charged with. And he said, but you violated my probation. And I said, okay, Yana, I'm sorry. I had two months left on the probation. And uh Okay, I can do the 60 days. He said, no. By you violating that probation, I could sentence you for the time for the burglary, which was 5 to 15. He said, but if you take four years and a day for the armed robbery, even though there was no victim, there was no witness. I can give you four years a day and run that together. I became a mathematician on that day. I took the four years. Okay? So at, at that point, it made me a two-time loser. If I'd have caught another case, I'd have been a three-time loser. And I'd have been locked up. I could be. I could have been locked up for life back then. If I, I became a three-time loser. So you learn. And while I was in the penitentiary, I got my GED. Because I became mandatory, if you were with Larry Hoover, that you had to either go to school or work a job to learn a trade in the institution. Okay? A lot of us went in functioning illiterates. And a lot of us got degrees within the institution, especially if you, at least your GED. So when I came out, I got registered to vote. And then in 86, I became a part of Cook County Jerry Butler's campaign. And he was running for a Cook County commissioner, and he won. And he brought me in as his administrative assistant. And that's how I got to working inside of government. Jerry Butler had became the chairman of the law enforcement 
committee for Cook County. And under that committee, the state's attorneys was under that committee. The Cook County Jail was under that committee. Anything having anything to do with law enforcement was up under that committee. So my responsibility was to go to the county jail to make sure that everything was right and proper. So I went from being an inmate in the county jail to being someone that was going to the county jail to monitor, to make sure that the administration was doing the right thing for the inmates in the county jail. What a what a redemption story, Wallace. Yeah. Wallace, was, and you've also, you, you mentioned this judge that gave you this sentence. You've helped a lot of judges in Cook County uh, get elected. Can you talk a little bit about what an urban translator does? Well, what I do, I explain to the people in our vernacular of the importance of the justice system. Okay? I let them know that you need to know who the judges are before you just go and just pick judges just to get out the, uh, the booth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay? And there's one judge Michael B. Hyman. He's a appellate court judge now. Uh, I was instrumental in him becoming a appellate court judge as well as a circuit court judge. And Judge Pincham knew Michael Hyman. And he introduced me to Michael Hyman. And they didn't believe that a Jewish judge or someone that was Jewish could win a countywide election because they were Jewish. And during the slating, uh, Judge Pincham had me uh, <clears throat> come into the room with all the commitment. And he and I, that I know of, were the only two who weren't commitment. But all the commitment looked to Judge Pincham to pretty much advise them on who was worthy of being a judge. So <clears throat> Judge Pincham asked me, he said, Gator, what do you think about them telling uh, Hyman that he couldn't be elected countywide because he was Jewish? And I said, uh, Justice, what if the Jewish commitment and the black commitment got together with their weighted vote, they will have the most weighted vote to the point that he couldn't be denied a spot on the ballot. And that's how he got on the ballot. And then sometimes made a big issue of the fact that he hired me, a former gang enforcer, to work his campaign. And they did three stories on us in the Sun-Times in one day. Judge Pincham was sick, and I didn't know at the time. But he was at Northwestern Hospital. 
And when he saw that article, front page story, he had John Davis, who was the media uh, advisor to uh, Judge Hyman, to call a press conference at City Hall. And they wheeled him off the elevator at City Hall. And he stood up on the podium, gave a press conference and said, not only do Judge Hyman have the right to be elected a Cook County Circuit Court judge, but he had a right to hire me to be his urban translator and his political consultant so I can convince the Afro-American community that this was a man that was worthy of being on the bench. And he won that election. Today, I'm helping uh, Judge Rena Van Tye and Judge Sanji Taylor, who are Asian Indian descent, the only Asian and uh, Indian descent who are circuit court judges within Cook County. And I believe they may be the only ones in the whole state of Illinois. So you can't say, in my opinion, a fair judiciary should exclude anyone that's worthy of being a judge because diversity within the judiciary make it where everyone is entitled to a fair trial, in my opinion. So I'm working their campaign as an urban translator and a political consultant. But how I became an urban translator is because the case of Aaron Patterson, who was a tortured victim, who was also on death row, and George Ryan gave him a pardon. And he jumped on both of his attorneys in the courtroom because he was against the judiciary system because he couldn't trust it. Okay, John Burge, them, I tortured him. The court system, I put him on death row even though they knew they was tortured. They knew that former state's attorney, uh, Daly, who I became the mayor, was of the torture. So he told the federal judge that he called my name out. I'm in the courtroom. He said, uh, uh, Yana Gator is going to help me get a lawyer. She called me to her bench and said, uh, Gator, Mr. Bradley, you got 24 hours to try to find this man a lawyer. We're going to just appoint him one. And I asked her if she could make that a court order. She made a federal court order and it shot me into the system. So when I found the lawyer, the lawyer convinced the judge that Aaron would listen to me and the analogy of a translator. And he said, because Aaron Patterson was a leader within 
the Blackstone Ranger Street Organization, and I was a leader within the Gangster Disciple Street Organization. Aaron Patterson got a pardon. I got a pardon. I ran for political office. Aaron Patterson ran for political office, and he had created a culture. And that's where the urban stuck. And I attached that to the translator. And we sat there. She cleared all the city's lawyers out the courtroom. Well, no one in the courtroom but me, the judge, the marshals, and the uh, uh, the attorney, and Aaron Patterson. And I was in the middle. And the judge... Uh, Asked the lawyer, did Aaron come to a conclusion? And he said, yes, Yana. Wallace Bradley has convinced him that the only way he was going to get justice was through this system. He had to abide by the rules of the system. So Aaron won his uh, suit against the city, and uh, he ended up getting uh, $5 million he ended up getting three and a half million. That urban translator piece worked within the judiciary. And I was also instrumental in helping Governor J.B. Prisca get elected governor of Illinois. Carl uh, Mosley Brown becoming the first African-American woman to be elected to the United States Senate. You know, I've, I've been involved in a whole lot of various different campaigns. But one of my biggest campaigns that I'm pushing now is a social justice type of campaign where I feel that Governor J.B. Prisca need to enforce the Nursing Home Care Act, Section 8, against nursing homes that are in compliance. And you see it in the news now, especially behind what happened at the Veterans Hospital. And everyone now is talking about the Nursing Home Care Act because had he enforced that act, I believe it may have saved a lot of lives, especially during this COVID, because the nursing homes wouldn't have been allowed to just run amok and not be concerned about the residents within those nursing homes. Wallace, you mentioned earlier two books that um, were important to you. Can you uh, go over those uh, before we ha have to wrap this up? Yes. Uh, one of the books is The Boss. It's a story about Richard J. Daly who was the mayor of Chicago, and it was written by Mike Royko. And the other book is From Gangster Disciple to Growth and Development. And just for context, the, the Royko book, that is set in the Chicago that you grew up in. Yes, sir. Yeah. How, yes, what, sir. Briefly, what was it like to live under um, the original Mayor Daly? The original Mayor Daly, it was wild in my opinion, because he had the power, okay? 
And with his power, for lack of a better phrase, he had a game. He had an Irish game. Okay, coming up out of Bridgeport. You know, the club was the uh, the hamburgers or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And all his guys became either police superintendents or the fire uh, commanders. Uh, they made sure that they had control of everything. Even to the point that it transcends to his grandsons and nephews. Uh, when Daly's nephew was involved in a guy getting murdered in on Rush Street because of a fight that he had with one of Daly's nephews, okay? When he got caught, all he got was 60 days. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he didn't go to Cook County Jail. He went to a jail in Kankakee. And he was able to pay for his stay in the jail with his own check. All right? You know what I mean? And um, those are things that people are paying attention to in terms of fairness. So like I say, those are two books that really influenced me to the point that 20 years later, myself and Dr. Sophia Hobson's wrote, well, she's a co-writer of my autobiography, From Murder to Excellence, Growth and Development of the Millennial Generation. Wallace, where can the audience find you on the internet? Or uh... Uh, They could, uh, first let me get in my phone number, 312-371-6914. And they can also email me at L-A Gator, G-A-T-O-R, the letter B as in boy, the number four, and the word peace, P-E-A-C-E at yahoo.com and uh, I'm also the host of the Bradley Bradley Report that's on uh, CAN TV but they can reach me at my public number I'm accessible and one thing I do know I don't know all that I can do but I do know that I wanted to help those with whatever it is they're trying to do. Wallace Gator Bradley, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Hey, thank you, and to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. It was an honor to meet you too, sir. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. All right. Help George stay on the Chicago Heights City Council. Go and donate today at tinyurl.com slash aldermangeorge2023. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. 
At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC? Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast.